probably did hate Mayo and we thought it was hate at the time because these guys are trying to take away our dreams. The Football Pod live Thursday, June 2nd in Castle Bar. Check out otbsports.com forward slash events and get your tickets now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Delighted to welcome Gavin Kilkenny to the show. Gavin, good morning to you. How are you getting on? Hi, lads. How's things? Yeah, right? good. Yeah, very good. Listen, before we get into um, the season you've had and uh, and what you hope is going to come next season, will you just tell us a bit about yourself? Whereabouts in Dublin are you from? Uh, I'm from Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth, sorry. I'm from Bournemouth. <laughs> uh, very similar. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in Bournemouth. It's just a, obviously a suburb in Dublin. Um, so I grew up there and lived there my whole life. Um, played for St. Kevin's Boys from the age of seven, six, seven onwards. Um, and then obviously played there till I was 16 played a bit of Gaelic football as well with um, Whitehall, Colin Kill, the local team so mixed the both until I was about 13 no probably 13, 14 yeah and then obviously chose the football and moved over to Bournemouth when I was 16 so yeah that's it really Football and hurling with Colin Kills or, or just football? Yeah a bit of hurling as well I was never never great at the hurling which is funny really because uh, my family obviously my mum and nanny were actually big into the camogie but they tried to get me into the hurling, but uh, I tried, but I, I don't know, I was probably a bit of a wimp at the time. You, you better explain your genes properly there. Um, so your granny yeah. was actually a superstar camogie player, was she? Yeah, I probably underplayed her there. I would have gone on for that later. Then. But um, yeah, she was she was an All-Ireland winner for Dublin. Um, she was like inducted into the Hall of Fame for camogie and stuff. So uh, yeah, she was obviously brilliant. And then my mum was similar. She won a few what was your granny's name? Uh, I see we're seeing a thing from the Herald there. Uh, Carmel, a dub of the rare old times. So did she win three or four All Irelands? Yeah, Carmel Cooper. Yeah, she won three or four. Yeah, she played in goal for Dublin. Um, so yeah, she was she was mad into the camogie. I think she managed then Dublin a bit after that. So um, yeah, she she was huge. Obviously, in my huge influence. Obviously, in my career when I was growing up, like more so from it, just kind of getting me into sport and stuff. Along with obviously a few others. Um, and yeah she probably laid the foundations obviously like I said with a few other people to get me into the, the sport and so yeah we have all them to thank Did she give you a good sense of how dominant that team was like for people who don't realise between 1948 and 1966 yeah. there was only one Camogie All-Ireland winner that wasn't Dublin that was it's, it's one of the most dominant runs in really? Irish sports history and a lot of people just aren't aware of it No she well in fairness to her she didn't brag because <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that now, but obviously I knew how good she was, but she wouldn't have been the type to, to brag obviously and um she was quite humble but you could tell by the way she she carried herself obviously she was like a very confident woman and she knew exactly like going forward with me she was obviously quite strong in what I should do and she would never she'd always tell it to be brave and fearless and you could obviously probably tell that she came from something good herself in the sense of she's come from a good story with Dublin, like you said. So yeah, you could probably pick her up pick it up off her without her probably bragging about it too much. So Quite com- quite competitive, I suspect that uh, that Dublin team. Who, yeah, who beat very them? Compe- it's a very competitive family. To be fair, and it probably stems from her a little bit. Even little things around holidays now, and there's there's killings on our little teams, table tennis, and <laughs> everything. Yeah, they're doing a bit of go karting, and everyone's you know competitive to win. And that probably all stems there from from that sort of background. So yeah. So hang on, you're a footballer on fam- on a family holiday with like uh, multi generations. You're not in Ayanapa with a bunch of other footballers. No, no, I'm not actually. I'm on a family holiday. We're back. Um, it's funny. We're back in a spot that we used to go at 
um, my nanny. Obviously, she passed away now a few years ago, but we're back in Cambrils. We're going to Barcelona now tomorrow um, for the F1, to watch the F1. So we're all here. Um, obviously, then I'll be back on the weekend. I'm obviously training over here because we have the internationals next week. So it's not exactly a holiday, but it's it's a, it's a, sunny, it's a sunnier place. So, yeah. How is the body after a season? What, what what's it like? Are you are you in perfect yeah. form? Like what's it like? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. I, I had uh, about a week off after. I obviously didn't play many games towards the end of the season, but I played the last game um, against Millwall, so I probably wasn't as tired as like some other players might have been that played played the rest of the games towards the end. But obviously the training is still very intense, and there was always the kind of the thought at the back of my head that I might play the last game. So I was probably working very hard. So it, it does take its toll, even if you're not playing every game. Um, well, yeah, I feel I feel fine. I just need to now. Obviously, I trained yesterday. I'm going to go training after this and just get back into it, and then hopefully go into next weekend flying ready for the 21s qualifiers, which are obviously huge games. What What's your game, Gavin? How do you describe yourself? Uh, how do I describe myself? Uh, probably, I like just in midfield. I want to obviously dominate the games with the ball. Um, so I probably say I'm. Like me, technical qualities are probably my strong points. I think a lot of coaches that manage will probably agree with that. Um, so passing and whatever, receiving, and that's obviously what I like to do. I like to dictate games, but probably in the last year, it's been one of my biggest things was to learn that you can't always dictate games with the ball. And I think that the championship has obviously taught me that, that sometimes it's not as pretty as you like. You're used to playing 23s games and stuff for Bournemouth, which is brilliant, but that's where you kind of you have the ball the whole game, so it's, it's easy for me then. Um, it's, it's more so now about you know, getting involved in the, the hustle and the bustle sort of with the midfield and I think I've learned that and that's obviously a key element to the game at all levels so that was really important to be fair. Am I right in saying that it would have been more uh, kind of away from central midfield you would have played maybe under Stephen Kenny and and for Jim Crawford for the 21s on the right and maybe even a little bit on the left and then for Bournemouth at the yeah, start of this season fun, yeah. you, were, you were more central for, for the club at the start of this season? Yeah, no, I used to play for Kevin's growing up when I was younger I used to play as a, as a winger now they used to sometimes move me in as a, a centre midfielder or a 10 but it was always sort of as a winger what, what the thinking was I don't know was maybe I was a bit smaller maybe I didn't you know trust me in the middle a bit but um, as I grew older I think Eddie Howe moved me into the middle when I was about 19 I played a couple of pre-season friendlies and he said to me like Bournemouth played a 4-4-2 and there wasn't really a position that wide for me in, in the sense of like it would be tough to kind of use my qualities at wide and then as a 10 it was a bit more you know, like a bit more physical. There was a lot of pressing involved, which is fine, but he kind of thought it'd be best to move me into a two in midfield and then it went from there. Now, with Ireland, they probably didn't kick in until, like you said, this summer. So about two years later, I was playing out wide for, for Stephen first, right midfield and, and in GM, obviously. And just to be fair to them, I, I just don't think they see me in centre midfield because I was playing a lot of 23s games for Bournemouth there, but it was tough for them to, to see. You know, GM and me laugh because... I obviously played sentiment for him now, but he played as a right midfielder. And even the last game against Sweden, uh, I crossed in the ball and Ross scored, but it was actually quite similar to where he was. It used to be, I, I ended up out wide, but yeah, we laugh about how he used to play me as a right midfielder, but now, obviously, looking at me now, you probably wouldn't think that, but that was all probably part of my development and there's probably elements of my game now that you can see maybe that I used to be a winger. So it's probably stood to me a little bit as well. We get in, get stuck a little bit in the habit of talking about numbers uh, it's kind of a shorthand for us about where a player plays on the pitch it, it sounds yeah. like um, it sounds like you're kind of a, an 8 with a, a bit of 10 is that right? 
No, I wouldn't say that. No, not not anymore. I'd probably be a bit a bit deeper than that now. Uh, you can take the ten out, but you can leave the eight. Maybe <laughs> I still see myself playing as a bit of an eight. But we're we're born with. I've played a lot of the season, and as a four, they call it it's like a hold midfielder, obviously. And then I've moved up into the eight at times. But no, I haven't played the ten, unfortunately. Um, them days have passed a little bit. They might come back at some stage. But no, I haven't played as a ten, so I'd be lying about that. But I don't mind playing deeper. It, probably suits my qualities a little bit so. so so what was the situation in the second half of the season Gavin obviously you're training away with the squad you played a lot more in the, the first half of the season um, what, what was the story of the second half of the season for you um, it was just probably a circumstance thing we, we signed obviously a, a lot of players in January we signed the manager signed about I don't know exactly was six, six or seven players maybe more um, and obviously it was just at a stage where it was getting a bit you know it was getting a bit tough for us in terms of games we were I think we went on a little bit of a bad run and I played the last game the last game I played was Middlesbrough in December the 18th I don't know right we lost the game though and then I came back I played a couple of cup games and then we signed a lot of players so they naturally had a bit more Premier League experience and stuff which obviously is not an excuse but I think that probably just went against me a little bit and they're obviously top players so they all, they all got a bit they got in and it just probably then led to it. there's so many players that I got left out of squads and stuff along with a few big names like it wasn't just myself there was, there was big players that were being left out of squads which showed probably the strength of the squad and then um, from there I was just trying to keep my head and just go from there and then looking at your manager I've been training well the last couple of months and he gave me a chance in the last game obviously probably after playing at the start he might have felt that I deserved it which was nice so it was nice to get the last game so but um yeah, obviously it was just probably a bit of circumstance, a bit of experience, but obviously it's not an excuse. But um, going forward, then I'd like to probably try get to a stage where they, I can't be, they're not excuses, you know what I mean, where I can just be seen as one of the rest, sort of. Uh, when that happens, do you have long-term conversations or is it like immediate short-term, what do I need to do this week or what do I need to do over the next couple of months when you're talking to the coach and staff? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, look, it's just he, he was really good at me. To be fair, there was never a stage where he shoved me out, or like I was always very much involved in it. He said that to me, like you're still a major part of the squad. Like it was never a case of look, you're not playing. Like but look, it was always, you know, just keep working hard and like this is maybe a sort of a longer term picture with yourself. So I knew it wasn't the end of the world as much as I wanted to play. I knew it was at the business end of the season, and we're going for a Premier League, and maybe experience might have been the way forward at that time. So it was just a case of believing in what the manager was saying and you know on to next season now we're in the Premier League obviously so obviously it's every kid's dream to play there and that's no different to me so I'd love to play in the Premier League next season whether that happens I don't know but we'll see um, but yeah the manager's been brilliant with me so as much as he didn't play me in the last few games but I can't really fault him because he gave me a chance at the start of the season when a lot of managers probably wouldn't and obviously that paid off for myself so yeah did you feel you were still developing during that period when you were not in the squad? Did you feel like the training was still enough for you to continue to grow as a player in that squad? Yeah, yeah, the training's unbelievable, to be honest. The coaching staff at Bournemouth are, they, obviously, Scott Parker and, and Matt Wells, they came from Fulham, and, but they've obviously came through the ranks and they're obviously quite new. Um, but the coaching is something... Now, I haven't seen much because I'm only young, but the coaching probably something I've never seen. Now, Eddie Howe was obviously brilliant in his own way, but the, the level of detail and stuff from the two is... Is unbelievable to me. So even just training, and even though the training is not that intense tactically, I'm just learning stuff that I probably wouldn't see before. And obviously, there's a lot of stuff that are based off the top teams, which is obviously the way to do. I think because you're gonna learn, you got to learn from the best. So I think I was still developing, yeah. And then obviously I went away with Ireland in March, which broke it up a little bit. We played Sweden, that was a good game. So that obviously helped. Um, 
keep me fit. So yeah. What sort of bits are you learning? Like the the, the thing you mentioned there about new things that you possibly hadn't seen before. Yeah. What, what sort of bits are they? Yeah, it's just tactically, it's it's probably like stuff I've never seen. It's it's a lot of stuff maybe based off Guardiola and stuff. And then the manager obviously Park has played in, in the middle and he's obviously gave me a lot of tips on how to play. And one of his big things would have been with me like. Look, it's, you have to do the dirty side of the game, and I know, I know I have to do the dirty side of the game, but it's probably nailing that down. And when you hear from somebody like him, who's who's done it for years in the Premier League, I think it, it really hits home a little bit more. Um, and then just it's a little like finer, finer details about positioning and just doing the extra couple of yards, and then it will save you in the long, not in the long run, but it will save you, if, you know, getting basically smashed in the middle if you make a few extra yards to get the ball. It will save some big me head from maybe smashing in the middle, and that that probably was a big thing for me as well because obviously being maybe smaller stature I have to be clever in certain areas and you know avoid certain battles maybe and that was probably key as well and then just like second balls and stuff and I've played obviously really good midfielders which has been good and they've helped me but just learning to sort of deal with second balls and you know how to be clever and pick them up maybe in areas where you don't get yourself into as much trouble so yeah and are you impatient at the moment or do you feel like it's okay for now there'll be a time down the line where not playing football for your career is going to be something that you have to be totally impatient about maybe when you're 26, 27 you're going to play no. you have to play every week but at the moment are you okay or are you getting impatient yeah. what, what's that like? Uh, impatient is probably probably not impatient but I know what you mean I probably know going into next season I think the last few months was fine because um, it was only a few months but now I know that going into next season obviously I'll go into pre-season with Bournemouth with every intention to play there in the Premier League but obviously I know in my own head that I need to play football next season I know I'm 22 but you can, you can say I'm only 22 but I'm still you know I'm not a young player anymore so to speak I'm not up and coming so I need to obviously play games I've shown this year that I can play at that level when I've played and obviously I'd love to get a run of games I think like a run of 10-15 games in a row maybe because I think then that could really show everyone so I'd, I'd like to play yeah. next season I think I probably need to play where where that is I don't know hopefully ball with but obviously I'm open to that and yeah there's no rush obviously like you say but I think next season I want to play football every week yeah and if if like that hasn't happened for Bournemouth in the Premier League by Christmas would you be open to a low move for the second half of the season is that part of your development is that even something you would have a conversation with the management about yeah well yeah no definitely yeah, it's to be fair like I was meant to there was a lot of talks about going alone in January so it wasn't something that like like wasn't talk, talked about already there was when the manager signed all the players in January he said to me look we can potentially look into going alone but then obviously things changed and certain things happened so he, in the end he told me that he'd, he'd like me to stay so um, I don't know this summer might be different but it, it might be similar in the sense that we're up in the Premier League now we can probably sign a lot of players um, that doesn't mean he won't look for me because obviously he's, he showed previously that he's he has a lot of belief in me so we'll see what happens but yeah definitely if I'm not playing either in the summer or in the in January like you said I'll definitely look for a loan um, or yeah whatever that may be to, to try and get some football because I think that's really important for me to and play football You've got a long term contract I think to 2025 so there's, there's security there if you were to go out for a year on loan you'd know that you'll get the opportunity to go back and go back as a better player with more experience Yeah no, definitely the club have shown a lot of faith in me and they've shown that there's that longer term pathway, not pathway, picture sort of, there's the longer term plan that they know that it might not be last year, obviously I showed last year I can play, but maybe now it's about going and getting games and then coming back and like you said, then if we're seeing the Premier League great and that could be my, my way in because obviously that's the, 
the end goal is to play play in the Premier League it's not to like you want to play in the Championship but you don't grow up as a kid and say without being you know sound and wrong but you don't want to grow up nobody wants to grow up and play in the Championship their whole career you know at the end of the day you want to play in the Premier League so that's no different to me so um, hopefully I'll do that how that is I don't know yet but yeah we'll see um, that win against Sweden for the under twenty ones was was huge. Um, a, a big performance, a big result, and it kind of it makes the rest of the campaign really interesting as well. What's your level of excitement about like there? And, and you know, you've you just talked about having big dreams. Like the team needs to dream big as well. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it was a it was a huge win to be honest. Especially off the back of beating them at home as well. Just and that was obviously in unbelievable fashion with the, the late winner. So. We went to Sweden and we knew the circumstances. So you could say it was a high pressure game. It was basically it was win or else it's over really. So and we, we all knew there was a June camp either way and like a lot of lads would tell you like we absolutely love coming into the camp. So we didn't want to come into June, especially in the middle of the summer, you know. I mean it's a bit of an awkward time for everyone and you don't want to come in and there's nothing to play for you. Know? That's the last thing you want. So we were just delighted that we, we won the game and gave ourselves something to play for going into it in June and obviously it was a brilliant performance probably in a different sort of way to, to usual we had to set up a lot defensively uh, Sweden are obviously a top side and they played us at home and Jim obviously set us up really well that day obviously I probably think he would have liked to be more front foot on attacking but just the circumstance of the day we obviously had to drop back and it was a brilliant performance defensively um, so that, that was it was amazing to be honest with you. we loved it even though it's not probably something that I enjoyed too much it was it was great to actually grind that win um, and yeah so the, the games in two weeks obviously have a lot of meaning now so uh, three huge games Am I right in saying Jim Crawford left you out of his first couple of squads? Yeah but it would yeah it would have been the campaign before this but it was like when when Stephen left to go to seniors and then Jim came in and he, le- he left me out of a couple of squads yeah but uh, we've made up now but no I'm only joking Jim's great um, <laughs> he's uh, I love Jim to be honest I haven't a lot of bad words to say about him I think a lot of lads would agree with that he's one of their managers that he'd probably run through a brick wall for a little bit because he's very good man managing show me he makes you feel <laughs> makes you feel a million dollars sometimes but yeah he did leave me out in fairness I'm not letting that go now but yeah, yeah. Um, it was just I don't know it was just a matter of circumstance at the time a little bit I was there was a, good, a lot of good players at that age to be fair and he was still playing yet wide and it, it wasn't my best position and um, he seen me as a wide player and I probably didn't see the same myself it was probably Grant on the same page a little bit as well and he thought it was best to leave me out so it was never like Nothing personally, he spoke to me. He never just kind of left me out and didn't say anything. He always rang me in fairness to let me know, and we've we've always been on good terms. And then obviously this campaign, I've came in, I've, he's made me an integral part from the start. So yeah, he's been brilliant for me to be honest. I I presume when when you're the manager of an under twenty one team as well, you're never quite sure how a player is going to react to that sort of situation. And I presume yeah. he's he's impressed by your positive reaction to it. And and I wonder from your own perspective as well, are you kind of looking at that Ireland experience and thinking to yourself, listen, I've I've been through this before. I can I can absolutely take this into my club form and react really yeah. well to to you know not being in the squad here and there throughout the season. Yeah, I think that's crucial. Any any spot, but it's it's just so important to how you react because it's easy to just. You know, it's easy to blame others. I think as well. You know, you're not playing. It's easy to blame the manager, and sometimes it probably is the manager. Um, but you know, you see a lot of things happen where people want to blame other people, and I think it's probably the easy way to do it. I think it's important that you just kind of look look in the mirror first and see why. Obviously, sometimes it's young players, and you get maybe the wrong end of the stick, and that's tough at club level. Obviously, it's international, it's different. But 
I think it's important that you look at yourself first and that's what I've tried to do and just look at myself and what can I do to improve and obviously just have belief and then be patient as well like you said because sometimes it's just a matter of time and then luckily with the 21s it's probably happened for me this year it hasn't happened previously so hopefully with club it's, it's similar obviously the different sort of setting but yeah it's, it's just been about being patient We wish you the very best of luck for the upcoming qualifiers Gavin and for next season as well wherever Thank that you. is Thanks a million for, sure. for uh, joining us Enjoy the holidays Cheers Thanks, that's Cheers. See you later. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.